I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female, where every week I speak with women changemakers who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through its program of educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Hannah Alper is a Canadian activist, blogger, and motivational speaker who addresses issues such as the environment, bullying, and social justice. She writes for HuffPost, she's given a TED Talk, and she's even published a book called Momentus. This would already be pretty impressive on its own, but let me add that Hannah is only 18. In this interview today, you'll hear about why she thinks no gesture is too small when one sets out to change the world. And I have a feeling you'll want to follow her advice. Women leading the charge in finding ways to reduce our environmental impact is one of our favorite things at The Brand is Female, and we're happy to partner with GLAAD at the new GLAAD for Change initiative for this episode today. This summer, GLAAD is challenging Canadians to participate in a movement by doing a cleanup and committing to pick up at least 50 pieces of litter. To raise awareness for the importance of reducing litter, GLAAD partnered with impressive environmental activists, including our guest today, Hannah Alper. You can track your own litter collection by downloading the app One Piece a Day or by sharing an image of your cleanup and using the hashtag GLAAD for Change. I invite you to join the challenge so we can all work together towards making cleaner and safer neighborhoods for our communities to thrive in. Here is my conversation with Hannah Alper. Hannah, it's such a pleasure welcoming you to The Brennis Female today. I'm so glad we could find time for this conversation. Me too. I love women supporting women. I think it's definitely more needed in the world. I agree. And and I love women who love women supporting women. So this will be a, a great chat. And I usually start these conversations by asking guests to go back in time. And, um, you know, I, I ask them if they what they were dreaming of doing later in life as a career. But in your case, um, you started your activism quite early. And I read somewhere that it was you were eight or nine uh, maybe when you when when you started so i want to know what was kind of that spark what made you and i don't think anybody wakes up one morning and says i'm going to be an activist but how did that interest in um environment conservation and speaking up uh for environment preservation in general uh kind of happen for you yeah and you know it's so funny that you said you know i didn't wake up one morning one morning and think that i'm going to be an activist because that's something that i really preach a lot i guess is that idea that people don't wake up one day and think i'm going to change the world it really takes the little things that add up to make a big difference and that's kind of the belief that i had when i was nine years old starting and that's the belief that i have now at 18 years old which is so crazy to think about so i was nine years old and me and my parents went to this digital safety conference and my dad has a blog and i decided that i would tag along on this blogging workshop and i decided that i want to start a blog but i had no idea what i wanted it to be about and my mom told me that i couldn't write about how much i loved myself and my dad told me that i couldn't write about how much i loved justin bieber so those were two ideas <laughs> out of the window off the bat so they told me that I had to write about something that I was passionate about. And I was nine. I had no idea what that word even meant. And so we talked it through. It was about asking, what do you love? What do you deeply care about? What do you want to change in the world? And I was thinking about it. And all I knew was that I loved animals. I have two dogs at home. I can't walk by a dog that asks me if I can pet it. And so I wanted my blog to 
be about the things that I was learning and that I was doing in hopes of inspiring other people to learn and do themselves. And so at first it was doing eco-friendly cleaning supplies and making an eco-friendly garage. And one of my first actions was doing a shoreline cleanup, which really comes full circle now because I'm doing kind of my own cleanup and mobilizing Canadians around across the country to do their own cleanups because it was that cleanup that really, I, I saw that it's the little things that add to make a big difference and the immense amount of change that happens when people come together, no matter mm. what you have in common, when people come together to make the world better and the world can mean so many different things. You know, it can mean your home, it can mean your school, your community, your office, anything. But when people come together to make your world better, truly amazing things happen. So since the age of nine, I've been advocating um, on a number of issues through public speaking, through my book, through my blog, through social media, like poverty, education, homelessness, mental health, anti-bullying, the environment, and mm. really the idea of almost activism itself, I kind of like to say that anyone can be an activist, quote, mm -hmm. air quotes. Um, I realized that people can't see, see us, so air quotes. Um, <laughs> you know, that idea that anyone can be an activist and that anyone has the capacity, the responsibility, and the power to change the world for the better. And that it really is the little things that add to make a big difference. And we're living in such an amazing time where we can mm -hmm. have conversations like these and people can be inspired by everything around them, by role models in their life, on social media, and can find those organizations to help. It's not, we're not living in a world anymore where there's no one that's making a difference and people don't know how because it's there. It's everywhere around you. You just need mm -hmm. to find them. Absolutely. And you've touched on a few subjects that, you know, I think are, are all related from from bullying to poverty to the environment. And what was it about kind of that, you know, because as you said, any, you know, everyone can be an activist and it's not like it, you, you didn't decide one morning to become one. But there's definitely something about those subjects that made you feel like you had to speak up and you wanted to be making a difference. So was it just kind of and you've talked about how, you know, it all started with the blog and 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 your parents involvement, yeah. obviously. But for you, was it kind of conversations around, you know, the family table or what was it that you were kind of observing in the world that made you say, OK, enough is enough. And I, I've got to be, you know, making this change happen. It's so funny because I think the amazing thing with young people and young people making a difference is that a lot of young people don't look at issues and think, I'm just one person or it's too hard or the issue is mm -hmm. too big or overwhelming or daunting, etc. I learned and was being educated about issues like habitat deforestation and mm -hmm. animal issues and environmental issues. And I didn't think I'm only nine years old. I just thought I'll, I want I want to do something and I did. And so that was when I kind of started the blog. And then I saw other people kind of doing uh, commenting on posts like um, eco-friendly garages or shoreline cleanups or eco-friendly cleaning mm -hmm. supplies or when I got older and learned more about um, issues like poverty and clean water and when I learned that not everyone has access to clean drinking water and a shower and everything like that, that every that not every nine-year-old has that, mm -hmm. I decided to start like a fundraiser at my school with what was called the We Movement back then, yeah. Free the Children. And then it, I shared that and then I just saw all these people that were commenting saying, I'm going to do this. And they actually were sending me pictures of them doing the same. And I was thinking, wow, this is amazing. And I truly believe mm -hmm. that conversations change the world. And mm -hmm. I think that we're living in a time where conversations can either make or break relationships. They can make or break truly the world. But I think 
conversations need to happen, especially when we're living in such a divided world. But I think those mm. kinds of things are so, so important. And that's why social media is so scary, but so great, because social media can be the worst place to have uncomfortable yeah. conversations, but it can also be the best. I, I, I don't know. I think that through all of those really difficult issues, I think that social media provided such an incredible space for me to be able to use my voice, but to also find other people that were combating those issues. For example, mm -hmm. when I first learned that not every kid had access to an education and that hundreds mm -hmm. of millions of girls around the world didn't have access to an education, I learned about Malala and the work that she's done. And then later, and when I was about 14, I got to be the only one-on-one -on -one person to interview her. And that was yeah. incredible and insane. But she learning about her made me realize that I, as a young person and a young girl, could make a difference. And so it's really, mm -hmm. there are so many young people that are truly making a difference and groundbreaking and that are I, that inspire me every day. And again, you really just need to find them and having those conversations and find that community, really, that community of people who will mm -hmm. support you, who will be your ally, who will amplify your voice. Mm. And you touched on a, a lot of points I want to bring up. So we'll we'll unpack some of some of the things you talked about. And I did want to highlight, you know, your your interview with Malala. And you've been on, you know, you've been on global stages. You've spoken to a uh, in front of a very influential people, in front of large audiences. Yeah. And you you're also a, you became a published author before the <laughs> the age of fifteen, which is which is really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. And it, it, it does seem like there is a generation of girls out there. And I often feel like, you know, my my generation, we, you know, there, there's been I, I like to think that women have been paving the way for, for you know, for, for the next generation, I so agree. Uh, you know, one group after the other. But it's very uh, encouraging. And I find it, it it gives me a lot of hope when I see, you know, your your generation and, and girls speaking up and, and being part of the movement and leading this movement. Um, so what is it, and, and it does seem that there are a lot of girls, you know, at the helm of that movement, you're one of them, there's Malala, there's Greta, and, you know, so many incredible a, a lot more on the list. What is it about girls specifically, do you think that, uh, and not to say there are, there are men and boys doing amazing things as well and being great advocates, but I think there is something about um, the role that girls take mm -hmm. on. And I'm yeah, curious sure. to know from your point of view, uh, why is it that girls are setting out to change the world? Because I think we were taught from the woman before us that we could use our voice. And, you know, like you said, me, Malala, Greta, and so many incredible women out there whose voices are so are being heard we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for women like Gloria Steinem and it mm -hmm. wouldn't we wouldn't be here even if it wasn't for for conversations like these I think it's amazing that there are platforms and a podcast around women supporting women and that's something that couldn't have happened decades ago and so I think even this is truly proof that we've moved so much more forward in in that way but I think that what's changed really is that People are listening to the voices of girls and women, and I think that's mm -hmm. so yeah. powerful and incredible and amazing. But I remember specifically, like, I I wasn't, I was really passionate about the, the idea that women and men should be completely equal, but I really mm -hmm. didn't understand that we're still at a place where there still needs to be that shift in gender equality. I remember when I think I was in grade 9 or 10, I was in a photography class, and I was doing a project with my friend who was a boy, and we were walking and he was talking, we were talking about my activism and he, he was like, but you're not a feminist, right? 
And I was like, uh, and I, I identified as a feminist because I think that this definition of feminism is a completely different topic. And I'm sorry. Well, that, no, that's great. Cause that was going to be one of my questions is your definition of feminism. Well, I think that so many people define feminism as, or, or so many people think that feminism means that women are superior to men. And that's not what it is. It's just about being, it's about equality and who isn't for that. And the prime minister of Canada himself is a, is a self-proclaimed feminist because he mm -hmm. believes that women and men should be equal because why shouldn't they be? There's an, absolutely no reason for it, but I thought it was just so interesting. And the way that he said it, you're not a feminist, are you? And it was just so like, wow. And so I think that's one of the big issues that I'm personally passionate about because I think that in Canada, a lot of, besides obviously things like the wage gap and pay and pay gap and everything like that, but mm -hmm. one of the, in Canada, we're really, really, really lucky to be women here. Mm -hmm. But it's really that social and cultural thing with feminism. And so many of my friends in high school have that mindset that feminism isn't about equality. I don't really know how we got there to mm -hmm. feminism being about equality to people thinking that it's about one being superior to the other, which it's mm. it's simply not. But it really is because of people like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is a huge role model of mm. mine. But it's really because of women like those that were able to pave that way for girls and women like me to be able and to be comfortable and proud sharing our voice before. It was daring to share our voice, but now it's powerful and it's applauded and everything like that. And I even remember mm. a, a few years ago, I was honored to be one of Bloomberg's 51 to watch for 2018 or 19 or something like that. And I was invited to the New York Gala and uh, people kept coming up to me and asking, who are your parents? Because they thought that, <laughs> that I was my parents plus one. Right. And I said, actually, I'm on the list. And then I had the chance to really tell my story and things that I was passionate about and the issues that are still there for young people and for, and for young girls and women around the world and issues that young people people and girls can have the power to tackle through conversation, through fundraising, through everything, that we truly do have that power. And so I think that was just proof that adults are ready and willing to listen to the voices of young people and young girls. And I think that's changed so much. And even as I speak right now on, when is this? July 13th, it's the Girl Up Campaign uh, Leadership Summit. And that's such an incredible thing. And it's girls and women from all over the world coming together to tackle equality and also mm. to just come together and say, you got this. I'm here for you. Let's change the world. Mm. And I love what you've brought up about that sense of, you know, the collective and the, the, the power that we have as a collective and which is so much greater than what we can do as individuals. And you brought up social media, which can be, as we know, a pretty horrible place. And there's a lot of, of big challenges that need to be tackled. Um, but social media, I think, is also one of the great tools that your generation has been doing such a fantastic job harnessing. I mean, when I watch now, you know, advocates, activists, uh, influencers who are using their their power and their their platform for good, um, and, and the ones who are being true change makers, I love seeing activists on TikTok. To me, that's like, you know, it's not what the platform necessarily was intended for when it was first created, but the way you can reach an audience, you know, through that mode is just absolutely inspiring. Um, how do you approach social media and how and know and knowing that there are still challenges because when we talk about bullying for example or issues around hate issues around discrimination we notice a lot of that on social but what's like you know what's the balance maybe that you 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 use as as you 
uh, as you use social media for your work? Of course. I think that social media is honestly the best tool that anyone can use to change the world because with a click of a button, you can reach your message and the things that you're passionate about to people that live in your city, to people that live in your province, people that live in your state, to people that live in your country and elsewhere and anywhere in the world, which is, I think, the coolest thing ever. And people that uh, created movements decades ago, whether it was Gloria Steinem or whether it was the Kielberger brothers with Free the Children at the time in 1995, if those people had social media, it's so incredible thinking about the change that they could have made all those years ago. Because back then, it was word of mouth. It was the newspaper. It was the TV. But even on the news, they weren't talking about young people making a difference because mm -hmm. that was unheard of. Yeah. But I think it's so incredible because there's almost this level, there's this, this playing field where everyone is on the same level on social media, which I think is so powerful and such mm -hmm. a cool thing. But I think with social media, it can be a really scary place. But I think you have a choice with everything you do on social media. I use social media to be the good, to share the good, to spread the good, because I think social media can be a place of, as we know, a lot of hate. It can be a place that does bring people down. And it can be a place that where people see a lot of scary statistics and issues and feel really helpless. So I feel like that what I try to do on social media and what a lot of amazing activists are doing on social media, whether it's Instagram or Snapchat or Twitter or TikTok and everything, is that people are sharing the solution. And I think that's what's really mm -hmm. important is that they're not just sharing the really scary s statistics and issues and everything like that, but they're sharing the solution. I have this formula, mm -hmm. issue plus gift equals change. And so you find your cause, that's that thing that you're passionate about. And then you find your gifts, that's your talent, what you can use to make a difference. And then you put that together and boom, change. And for so many people, people's gift can be social media. It can be communication. Mm -hmm. And whether you have a hundred followers or a hundred thousand followers, you have a voice. And I think that is such a cool thing. I do think that sharing an Instagram story isn't enough. And I think I will say that because I think there's this whole idea of slacktivism and I don't necessarily yeah. agree yeah. with that term because I think that every action counts and I really do believe in little things adding up to make a big difference. And I never want people to feel like what they're doing isn't enough. And I think posting an Instagram story is an awesome first step and sharing what you're passionate about, I'm really, really big on raising awareness and taking a stand against bullying, taking a stand for mental health and self-care and for education and everything like that. But then there's also more things that you can do from that. You can volunteer and you can do so many other kind of different things. You can do fundraising if you have those means. You can be there for people truly one-on-one -on -one if you're passionate about mental health and bullying and so many other things. Mm -hmm. And so I think that social media is such a cool place because it can be a great starting point. It can also be a place where you learn about organizations that are fighting for what you're passionate about. For example, yeah. Girl Up is awesome for gender equality. Malala Fund is amazing for education. Jack.org is amazing for bullying, for mental health and everything like that. And those are all organizations that are always opening up the space for people to help them and people to join their community. And I love this quote from Mr. Rogers and it's look for the helpers. And there mm -hmm. are so many helpers on social media. And without social yeah. media, we wouldn't know where to find those helpers. We wouldn't know where, the, where to find those organizations. And I think social media, again, can be a scary place. I remember that after the first, the US election in between you know Clinton and Trump, I posted a blog post, taking a stand against bullying, everything like that. And I think it ended up getting posted on AP and Yahoo. And there were about 400 comments. And I think 380 of them were all negative. 
they were saying things like, you can't vote, so your voice doesn't matter, and you're too young to, to have any comment about this and everything like that. But I think everyone likes to focus on those negative comments because I just, I remembered my why. And even mm -hmm. when I was in grade eight, I was getting bullied a lot for my activism, but in response, mm. I wrote a book, but I, I truly remembered, <laughs> I remembered my why. And my why was that I wanted to make a difference and help make the world better, but just because I loved it and it doesn't really feel like work to me, but it's all kind of just to show that through all of those that hate and everything like that, there are a million more people who will support mm. you in everything that you do and just to really just find your community and there are so many of those people on social media which is such a powerful thing and there's this community here right now which is kind of proof of that today's episode is brought to you by glad and the glad for change initiative join the movement and make a goal to collect at least 50 pieces of litter this summer in your own neighborhood to take part in the glad for change program just follow these steps you'll want to organize a cleanup in your neighborhood You'll download the One Piece a Day app to log the ways you've collected and see the national impact our efforts have had. You can share a pic or a post from your cleanup and encourage other friends and family members to join in a cleanup of their own using the hashtag GladForChange. Don't forget to follow environment activist Hannah Alper for more tips on reducing your environmental impact. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Bank Group Women Entrepreneurs. Confidently building your business takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaboration-based approach. They work with both internal and external partners who can provide education, financing, mentorship, and community support. TD employees are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. They can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. And um, I love that you have kind of that, you know, that philosophy of turning a negative into a positive, just as you say, by focusing on your why. And, I'm a and very big optimist. Yeah. I, I'm getting that sense uh, just after a few minutes speaking with you. And I interviewed uh, uh, earlier a few months ago, I interviewed uh, Dr. Britt Ray, uh, who has a a, uh, a newsletter called Gendred, and she spent a lot of time studying um, uh, kind of the echo dread, right? So the cool. fact that there is a huge uh, wave of uh, mental health issues associated with Uh, the dread that comes with all of the, you know, the, the with the climate crisis, basically, oh, and course. kind of the negative um, impact this is having on on our lives, and how we can be very scary, especially for the younger generation, because it's our and, future, right? Like that's well, it's exactly. our world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious to ask you um, how you know, and and you've partly answered that uh, I think in, in your in your previous uh, in answering my previous question, but how can we turn that gen dread or that um, you know kind of that echo gloom into uh, into something positive? Because it's it seems for you to come very much from empowering ourselves and fighting for the change to happen as opposed to staying uh feeling like victims in in this context but you, you know for everyone that's listening yeah. how do we kind of turn that around yeah you exactly hit it on the mark i think that it, i i'm definitely not uh always happy and i'm definitely not always 
solutions-based because I think it can be really easy to get down about the issues in the world, especially when it mm -hmm. comes to environmental issues like climate change. It's a mm -hmm. really, really scary issue, and especially for young people, as we see and we see different statistics about uh, the climate and we see a new endangered species or an extinct species, it's really, truly scary. But I think that I, I, I get like uh, skeptics, skepticism from people saying, you know, what you do, it's not going to change anything. And yeah, my response yeah. to that is always, I'd rather do something than nothing. And I think that mm -hmm. it's, or, or honestly, just when people ask me why I do what I do, I always just say, why not? I mean, it's tr truly, if you can do something, it's truly better than doing nothing. And my goal is to really inspire other people to do something rather than nothing. And use whatever they can to make a difference. Maybe it's changing their your products in your everyday life to have things that are more environmentally conscious. You know, I'm going to university in September, so something that I'm really conscious of and what I'm thinking about is how I can reduce my own waste in my own individual life because I know that I can't change the entire world and I can't change every person's uh, waste and how they use their own products, but I can change mine and maybe I can convince a couple of other people or even one other person to maybe change how they live just a little bit more. And maybe that person mm -hmm. will convince a friend and it's truly mm -hmm. a ripple effect. So I think that that whole thing of conscious consumerism is a really important idea. And whether it's getting eco-friendly notebooks that are made of bamboo or masks even, or anything like that, I think that's that kind of stuff is truly important. Looking into renewable energy. I know my family's doing that, looking into solar panels because it truly is the kind of thing that, you know, when maybe when you're driving by a house and you see it, it's those people that actually maybe look at it and then think, I'm going to look into getting solar panels or renewable energy and everything like that. But it's you're exactly right. You know, I, I think that I am a very solutions-based person because I would rather do that than sulk and mope about the world. And I think it's very easy yeah. to do that. And yeah. it's impossible not to get overwhelmed and sad about it because it is sad. But why not do something to help fight it and empower mm -hmm. other people to do something to help fight it, whether it's researching other organizations, whether it's environmental defense who have created incredible laws and policies in Canada, like banning microbeads in Canada. And that was mm -hmm. all through petitions of yeah. everyday people like you and me signing and standing against it through our words and through writing letters to our politicians. That's something you can do. You can write letters to people in power and you can vote you can use your voice use your vote yeah so i think those things are truly so important maybe they don't seem like they make a difference but they do especially if you tell someone else to do it then it truly does become that ripple effect and soon it will impact the whole world and i think that through the actions of young people that's what we've seen especially with an issue like gun violence for example march for our lives the youth yeah. run movement after yeah. suffering such a tragic loss they came together for change and they have enacted i think they've changed over 600 laws or something like that across the country and i think that is such an incredible thing and that was all from young people and all through conversations yeah. and education and that is just such a powerful thing and that's proof that young people are powerful people are powerful and that there are yeah. solutions to every single issue and there are people fighting every single issue yeah. and we can join them and do the things mm -hmm. in our everyday life to tackle them I love that you bring that up because, first of all, you've turned 18, so you yeah, are now able vote. to vote, I'm so, right? So excited. Which, 
<laughs> I'm excited for you. And this uh, makes me think of a conversation I had very recently with Maxine Beda, who just wrote a book called Unravel, and she's the head and founder of the New York Standard Institute, um, who does a lot around um, uh, awareness and, and kind of uh, reducing uh, impact overall for for consumer products, oh, and um, her in her book she talks about because her book she basically she's she's spent a lot of time in the fashion industry, so a lot of people she's speaking to are in the fashion industry, and she basically followed kind of a pair of jeans, how a pair of jeans is made from oh, you know so the textile cool. and the thread yeah. all the way to uh, how we how we get rid of our jeans, but they never fully disappear. Um, and she brought up in our conversation the, the concept of being citizens, considering ourselves, remembering that we are citizens and not consumers. Consumer is just a term. It's just a concept that was you know, that. made That's up. That's cool. But we forget that we are citizens. So, right, you know, we elect government and government, you know, is is it's our job. It's literally our responsibility to keep our governments accountable. So, as you said, writing petitions, you know, phoning our MPs, phoning the PMs, speaking up for issues that we do want our government to tackle is something we need to be doing. Right. And even you mentioned textile waste and those that uh, the journey of the jeans. And I think that's mm -hmm. such a cool concept. And you can even tackle that by going thrifting because that saves yeah. the amount of water because then you're not going to the mall and buying uh, that pair of jeans that took an incredible amount of water to make and energy exactly. and everything like that, which I think is just so cool. And even right now I'm at the Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center for Holocaust Studies and I'm at the office right now. It's my first day of work. And they're an organization oh, that, thank you. And I'm at, uh, they, they fight online, they fight online and in person hate, including anti-Semitism, racism and everything like that. And they've also changed laws through petitions and through education. Even today, they're having education workshop with teachers that are all passionate about including anti-hate conversations in the classroom, which is really proof about starting off young and that yeah. it's those ideas of it's it's being a global citizen. And it's com I completely I love that being a citizen rather than a consumer, because we can consume everything that we see, everything that we watch, everything that we read, but it's also about how we interpret it. And being mm -hmm. a citizen is really about act, about how we act with that information. I love that. That's actually really yeah. cool. Well, and I think you, you know, maybe I just, I gave you the concept, but it, it's what you've been embodying, you know, in your work, literally. <laughs> and um curious to ask you, so um, we are talking in the context of uh, Glad for Change, and yeah. uh, it's a movement where, uh, you know, we're, we're calling on citizens to, uh, again, kind of take their own responsibility and make those concrete gestures in just doing a cleanup operation. And we know in the summer, uh, things like, you know, beaches and national parks and uh, spaces that, you know, we we all use again as citizens, um, unfortunately, uh, you know, bear witness to uh, our, our poor management of, um, of, of, of just garbage disposal and, and, and so on. So tell me a little bit about that initiative and also why you feel that this is the kind of thing that can help make a difference when it comes to environment conservation. Of course, I'm super excited for Glad for Change. And really, the challenge is so simple. Pick up 50 pieces of garbage. I mean, truly, who can't do that? It's so yeah. easy. And it's not just about beautification because, you know, it does make our areas and wherever you live look nicer. But it's all about protecting it for people, for animals, etc. And, you know, mm -hmm. we talked about all those scary statistics and the images of the animals in the garbage. 
And this is a way that you can make a difference. We were talking about those solutions. This is a solution. These are the little things that add up to make a big difference. And at the beginning, I was talking about the start of my journey. And truly, one of the first actions that I took was a shoreline cleanup. We went to a trail right by our house. We got uh, some friends, some family, a gar some, some garbage bags, some gloves, and went and picked up garbage. And we ended up collecting about two dozen bags of garbage. But really, more than that, it was just such an incredible way of showing that it is the little things that apps make a big difference and what happens when people come together for change and this is something that even in a global pandemic that you can do to help the world and i think that's been such a hard thing in covid is how you can still make a difference and make the world better and give the world some light in such a dark time and this is truly a way that you can do that and you can do it by yourself you can do it with your family you can do it with your bubble and it also kind of is a little bit of a more of a celebration because as the world yeah. finally is starting to open up a bit more this is kind of that way of starting to really make a difference especially because as people are going out they're going to restaurants they're going to patios yeah. they're going to stores and they're littering. And so this is something that we really, we truly can do to help. And all you have to do is download this app called One Piece a Day, which I think is so fitting, I think, for being glad for change. And I think we can all be a little more glad for change in our everyday lives. And I think that this is such an awesome start. And again, it was my first action. And so now kind of as I'm entering adulthood, it's kind of becoming a bit more full circle. And I went on a clean up the other day with my parents, took some garbage bags, but we actually, what, what, I th what is cool about the Glad for Change campaign is that they're really encouraging you to get the garbage bag, but to also get the recycling bag too, because right. picking up garbage is great, but it's also not, it kind of defeats the purpose of then you're just throwing all of it into the garbage if it's not actually yeah, garbage. Exactly. So you yeah. can get the blue bag and the white bag and really do it all. And so I went with my parents and it's truly also such a, a thing to kind of get a little bit of a taste about what mm. making a difference is like because you just yeah. feel so good from it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and that and that's the energy we want to keep repeating, right? And it's, exactly. it is a, a, the snowball effect we're looking for. Um, I wonder what is next for you because, you know, you, you have done so much. You're still at a young age. Yeah. And what are some exciting milestones? And you've just... You've just started work. I know you're starting university. You just mentioned. So what are, you know, what are some goals that you're, you want to tackle for yourself over the next few years? Something that I was really excited about when I turned 16 and then 17 was the idea about volunteering because a lot of places when I was a lot younger, I remember when I was really young, I really want to volunteer, especially at animal shelters. And I called and they said I was too young. And so then I kept checking. And then as I got older, then this awesome thing called COVID came. And the idea of volunteering, at least in a building, was completely out of the picture. And me yeah. and my family, were we were really happy to do things like we made 150 sandwiches and 300 cookies to give to an organization to people experiencing homelessness. Again, another awesome example of things that you can do at home that actually yeah. makes a difference. And homelessness is yeah. something that I'm incredibly passionate about and it's something as simple as having a conversation with someone and recognizing mm -hmm. that people experiencing homelessness are people too and whether it's bringing you know a sandwich or a scarf or gloves in your bag with you and giving it to someone that you see anyways completely mm -hmm. off topic but <laughs> so I'm really looking into doing volunteering more now and I actually already have I volunteered at my local food bank the other day and I'm planning on doing that again next week so I'm really excited about that and it's just an awesome thing to I woke up early, did it for a few hours, and I felt amazing. And it's actually something that you can 
see the impact of it and it was truly yeah. really easy to do. And also every Monday and Friday, I'm volunteering at a camp called Camp Lifeline and it's part of High Lifeline Canada's organization. And at the camp, every kid there um, is going through a life-threatening or a lifelong uh, illness or disease and everything like that. And so the camp is really the happiest place on earth, on earth with them. Honestly, there, I kind of feel like I'm at Disneyland because they mm. are all so incredibly happy and amazing. And it's just such an incredible place. And it's all completely free, too. So I'm just there to kind of help out and be have truly get a connection with the kids. And I think I'm like a kid's best friend there. He tells his mom about me. So it's really, really sweet for a six-year-old. So that's really awesome. And then I'm here, which is amazing. And I'm at the Friends of Simon Wiesenthal Center and I'm doing what I love, which is advocating against hate and for tolerance, for conversations, for understanding. And it's truly, it's just, it's some, it's, it's what I'm passionate about. And so I feel like right now I'm at kind of the best that I am, that I've, that I've ever been, especially in the past year and a half, however long it's been. And I was really worried that I wouldn't be doing anything for the summer, but I think I was wrong. And then I'm getting ready to go to university. I'm heading off to Western for media information technoculture. So I'm Ooh, super excited that. for that fresh start. I definitely think that it's going to be an explosion of social everything because mm -hmm. everyone has been locked up in their houses yeah. since March of 2020. Yeah. So I think it's yeah. going to be a really, really exciting time. And I want to ask you my favorite question to ask guests on the show. And it's, what do you wish women and girls would do less of and I use as a question as what do you wish women would do more of but it's been pointed out to me that women already you know we pile things up for for ourselves and we already put so much pressures on ourselves that I prefer asking it that way but you can choose to answer it in whatever way you want that's a really good question well I think as I'm thinking I will say I think women should apologize less that's something that I'm working on personally I apologize like a lot And people say that that's a very big woman and girls thing. So, and yeah. very much equality and everything like that. So I think that that's something and that we should be unapologetically loud and mm -hmm. use our voice unapologetically. Because I think when a lot of women I see kind of use their voice or disagree about something, they say, sorry, but I have to disagree. And I don't think you have to apologize for that. No. I think that yeah, if you... Absolutely. Oh, and I wish that also women... This also might just be a personal thing, but I wish that women would advocate for ourselves more than other people. I think mm -hmm. that women often don't feel that they can uh, say what they need uh, to yeah. be successful in whether it's in the workplace or in school or in life or truly anything. Um, and I know that I personally, I've been in a ton of different leadership positions and I'm very, very good at advocating for other people and advocating for what other people need and what other people's beliefs And it's funny because I'm, even though with everything that I do, I'm very, very bad at advocating for myself. So that's something me personally as a strong woman I'm advocating for or working on doing more. So I think every, all of us could definitely be doing that more and having that balance because to take care of the world, we also have to take care of ourselves. Absolutely. Those are very wise words. Well, thank you so much, Hannah. So we'll follow uh, we'll follow you on all platforms and keep up with what you're up to. And join, uh, of course, the Glad for Change Challenge. Um, wishing you a great summer and looking forward to seeing, you know, what you're up to in the next few months and the next few years. And thank you for all of your advocacy and thank you for leading this revolution that we're seeing right now. It makes me hopeful. Well, 
thank you for having these conversations and let's keep truly supporting other women. That's something that we also need to do more of. And I love that this is a space for that to happen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Bank Group, Women Entrepreneurs, for the support of The Brand is Female. You got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening. I'll be back in a week with a new guest. Yeah.